Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Welcome to the Kent Online podcast on Tuesday, September the 1st. Coming up, we hear about schools reopening in Kent after the summer break, why parents are being urged to get their children immunised against flu and how a fundraising superstar has a new set of wheels. But first today, there's a lot of anger about a bank holiday party in Kent after pictures and video shared on social media appeared to show a complete lack of social distancing. The social was organised by the Swan Pub in Westmoreland and took place in a marquee in a field in Rutum. A number of reality stars were there, including former Love Island contestant Jack Fincham from Swanley. It's thought hundreds of people turned up, with tickets priced at £120 each. But with weddings still limited to just 30 guests, questions are being asked as to how it was allowed to happen. Harry Rayner is a county councillor and went along to investigate after hearing about it from concerned residents. I was refused entry at the gate, apparently being too old. Uh, But um, because there is a public right-of-way which runs across the field, I then used the public right-of-way to access uh, the event. I was able to observe and to take photographs of um, the fact that social distancing was not taking, uh, was not being observed at the event. Police have confirmed they are now investigating, while Tunbridge and Morling Borough Council, which gave it the go-ahead, say it appears the measures agreed were not followed and rules were breached. Joanne McInnes runs the Barnyard Wedding Venue in Upchurch, near Sittingbourne. DJs, alcohol, people, dancing... They're not going to stay at tables. I knew exactly what was going to happen. It is totally like a slap in the face. I mean, we are a responsible, licensed wedding venue. We've been around for a lot of years and we do things totally professionally. So when you have events like this popping up, but you're not allowed to do events yourself and you're a licensed wedding venue that don't need temporary event notices to hold an event... It is. It is like a slap in the face, kick in the teeth. People might say that, for me, it's sour grapes. Well, I suppose it is a little bit sour grapes um, because I think, why can one do one and another not do the same? I mean, our wedding venue, it's not... It's not um, part of it isn't a closed-in wedding venue. We have a huge marquee that's permanent. Um, there all the time with sides that can open all the way around, um, yet we're not allowed to host parties, events, funerals, wedding receptions for anything above 30. It's, it, it is, it's just, it's, it's just laughable. It is just laughable. Bride-to-be Lauren Baker from Bromley had to postpone her wedding in May and still doesn't know how many people she'll be able to invite when it happens in December. She's been chatting to Ollie. I think it's insulting. It just feels like we're irrelevant speaking on behalf of other brides and it's not important marriage isn't important and that these events are okay to carry on i just can't see the the comparison is just not fair if it was an equal playing field and everyone was in the same boat i could deal with the uncertainty but seeing events happen and being able to if i wanted to go for a big brunch with all my friends i could with loads of other people there but i couldn't do the same thing for my wedding And at the moment, we're in the position where we're planning for a wedding that might not happen, having to still buy things for 80 guests, which might not happen. 
And I can understand how, how, you, how you guys feel because of that. I mean, what do you think that, the, that the, at this point the government should, should be doing or, or what, what do you think should be, should be done to help people like yourselves are in this situation? I think they should either explain their thought process behind the 30 guests. And it's the same for funerals as well. You can only have 30 guests at funerals, which is equally, well, it's awful for a funeral, I think, um, to see that footage. So they need to explain that thought set for a process behind that or they equal the playing field. Now I'm okay with having a wedding breakfast that's like a brunch and we could get a DJ in and everyone stay at their tables. But you can't have no reception for you, but you can have these massive marquees and make loads of money off it and everyone be on top of each other. It's not fair. And especially looking at that video, you can see that you've had people put that gazebo up. You've had that DJ attend there. The people have done the tables. There was, there's toilets outside. Everyone's put that into that knowing what the government guidelines is. And even on the weekend, I heard... Um, an interview from a police officer saying that if you're having more than 20 guests outside, you can't have that. So that's illegal. But you can have these massive events. That just makes no sense. Yeah, it, it seems like, and you're one of uh, a couple of different people we've spoken to, not only people who were due to get married, but also wedding venue owners as well, who are saying, oh, well, we, we would be able to put on much larger events than we're allowed to right now in weddings and still be socially, socially distanced and safe, whereas this event that happened yesterday didn't look like anybody was really adhering to anything at all. No, and it's, it's, oh, it's almost like the, the audacity of someone not only attending, but thinking it's so okay that they've blasted it over social media. Yes. So there's, there's no remorse to that at all. It's, it's normal, and we're not. We're in a pandemic. Well, you can see pictures and video from the event at Kent Online. We've asked the Swan to comment. Kent Online News. Elsewhere, and it's the big return to school in Kent this week. For the first time since lockdown started in March, all pupils are expected back in class. Extra measures are being put in place to try and reduce the risk of coronavirus spreading, with each individual school in the county deciding how best to do that. The government insists children will be safe when they return to class. But Alan Brooks, who's chair of the Kent Association of Head Teachers, says that's a big promise to make. He's been speaking to Ollie. Well, I don't think there's been any doubt that, that head teachers and all school staff have been very, very keen to have children back in school as soon as it is, is safe to do so. So although there are a number of challenges still to be addressed, uh, we are keen, obviously, to try and get some sort of normality back into the lives of the young people. And it, are you confident that schools can be safe and COVID secure? Because this is something that's been talked about a lot in the past week. Uh, the simple answer to that is, is no. I don't think you can guarantee that any setting is 100% safe. I think safe is, a, is, a, is an interesting word and perhaps a little bit of a, a stretch. I, I am confident that head teachers have put an enormous amount of work into making them as risk-free as they possibly can be under the circumstances and I think parents can be assured that all of the risk assessments, all of the work that schools have put in have significantly reduced the risk but I don't think that describing anywhere at this time as 100% safe is, is accurate. And uh, you talk about, about reassurances to, to parents who may be worried. What about reassurances to, to students and, and how to tackle their potential worries when they're back in the classroom today? There are, there are undoubtedly going to be some very anxious students and very worried students. There are also anxious and worried staff because schools are not made up simply of, of young people, of students, but also of a lot of adults who, from all the research we do know, 
are potentially at, at a greater risk of catching the disease more seriously than, than students are. So schools will be going out of their way. They, they have in the past few days been contacting parents, explaining to parents exactly what the, the systems are in place, what the new arrangements are in terms of cleaning and sanitizing and zoning of schools and, and social distancing and so on. It's not been made easy by the fact that government have yet again changed their minds over the course of the last week in terms of masks in secondary schools, for example. So it is, it is a shifting picture that schools have, have struggled to keep up with at times, but I think have done everything they can to, to produce what is as, as risk-free as it can be. Meantime, parents and pupils across the county are being urged not to blame bus drivers if there are problems getting to and from school this week. Companies are working together to try and make sure they can meet demand safely while operating under a reduced capacity because of social distancing rules. The man in charge of Arriva in the southeast has said there will be some blips and surprises as everyone gets used to a new system. Almost 1,500 migrants crossed the channel to Kent in small boats last month, despite the Home Secretary promising to make the route unviable. Huge numbers of people are still making the dangerous journey and one was found dead on a French beach after his boat capsized. RAF planes are now being used to help Border Force officers tackle the issue, but more migrants are thought to have been spotted arriving at Dover this morning. A man in his 40s has been taken to a London hospital after being found injured in Gravesend. Police and paramedics were called to Darnley Road in the early hours of this morning and detectives are still trying to work out exactly how he got hurt. A 37-year-old man has been arrested. Now, it's feared children who aren't vaccinated against the flu could put added pressure on the NHS during the coronavirus pandemic this winter. Figures show only about half of primary school-age youngsters are getting the immunisation, but health bosses want to boost that number to two-thirds as part of the UK's biggest ever vaccination programme. Laura Jones is the clinical manager for the immunisation service for Kent and Medway. It's always important every year. It's even more important this year with COVID, with the anticipated pressures that that may well bring to the NHS. It's absolutely paramount that we engage as many parents and carers as possible to consent for their children to have the flu vaccination so that we can reduce any potential impact that that may have on the NHS this year. There's a huge amount of information out there that's on the internet. There is information that sometimes isn't as helpful and doesn't promote flu. So I think it's it's really important that we promote um, the positive messages around flu and the correct messages that actually it is a very safe immunisation. Um, and it's something that is vital to protect not just the health of our children and young people, but as we know, the children and young people um, are the super spreaders, as we call them. So they're the ones that like to get very close and cuddle each other and have, have lots of um, contact. And we know with flu that they do spread it, but they spread it to the more vulnerable members of the community so it may be their grandparents um, or their um, parents or or even their peers that for whatever reason aren't able to have the flu immunization so it's hugely hugely important that we get as many immunized as possible and this year we're aiming for 75 um, with a stretch target of 80 percent so a, a really big big reach for us for um, for flu but we're only able to immunize those that um, give their consent so it's a really big 
message. A man's been rescued from the English Channel after trying to swim from Kent to Calais. He went missing after setting off on the 21-mile journey yesterday without a support crew, sparking an eight-hour search operation involving lifeboats and the Coast Guard helicopter. He was found alive and well in the water last night, just 500 metres from Dover. 98% of parking tickets issued to lorries on a Kent industrial estate this year have gone unpaid. Businesses in Winchepe near Canterbury say they're fed up of HGVs parking illegally. 148 tickets have been handed to drivers, but just three have been paid. The council say it's difficult to collect money from foreign registered vehicles. And finally today, a five-year-old double amputee from Kings Hill, who's raised more than a million pounds for the hospital that saved his life, has been spending the long weekend driving his very own car. Tony Hudgel received the hand-controlled ride-on electric vehicle from motor racing's team Brit that's made up solely of disabled drivers. We've been hearing from Tony's mum, Paula Hudgel. What these guys here have done at Team Brit for us is oh, absolutely amazing. We kept it as a total surprise to Tony. He didn't even know this morning where we were going, what we were doing. Um, we just said it's a, it's a nice surprise for you. And it really has been. I reckon it's like at the top of the list. We had looked at motorised cars for him as birthday presents sort of last year and there was no way that we could get a hand-controlled one and he can't use a foot pedal so you know so he had lost out um, in that respect but now wow, it's more than made up for it. We've always brought uh, Tony up to believe that whatever he wants to achieve in life he can you know he might have to do it slightly different um, but he, he you know he's capable of doing absolutely anything he wants to and now being opened up into sort of motorsport as well from when he turns six in October um, he can start karting if he wants to. That's it for today but you can also now subscribe to the IM News app to access all KM Group newspapers. Head to ilifmediasubs.co.uk News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.